Welcome to Satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. I'm Nick Jackson, pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington. And this is Bobby Gaither, pastor of Hope Fellowship in Hillsboro, Oregon. We're back. Man, we, uh, we've taken a little bit of a break, Bobby. Yeah, we have. It's, uh, it's been mostly good. Mostly yeah, good. I think life got busy for, for you, I, for me, and, and we were trying to ha- find a, a difficult, we were ha- finding it difficult to get together and, and figure out how to keep doing the podcast, but I think, I think we're back on schedule now. You know, it's a space between us, my friend. Um, what is it, about 120 miles? Is that Something like that. Is that it? You know it's, what? It's you should just come on up here, and you could, you could be a pastor up here at my church. I was just going to suggest to you, man, I mean, Hillsboro's a growing area, and we could always use more church planners down here in Hillsboro. Wow, that, that's a great idea. See? <laughs> so, so maybe I should come down there? That's what I'm thinking. Could I work for you for a while? You want to work for me? Oh, man, I'd love to work for you. Oh, man. I think, I think we to... could knock it out of the park. I think we could do a good job together. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. Um, Wait, what are, we t- what are we talking about today? So we have decided that we are going to do a, a series on the Beatitudes. Um, but this first podcast, what we want to do is, is kind of do an overview of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount is probably one of the... Are you eating something? Dude, I got this nasty, wicked cough that I've had for the last three weeks. Can you hear it? Yeah. Yeah, I hear a crunching. That's my cough drop. That's cool. Yeah. My wife gave me a cough drop yesterday while I was preaching. My mouth is getting a little crazy. Mm. Uh, so we're going to look at the Sermon on the Mount um, for, for many reasons. Uh, for one, the Sermon on the Mount is, is an extremely just important text. Uh, many Christians are, are aware of it. It all starts out with the, the Beatitudes, the blessed, blessed, blessed. I think there's eight blesseds. Um, and so we want to take time to look at that. Uh, and in the Beatitudes or in the Sermon on the Mount, it's really the focus is on the kingdom of heaven. At least that's how Matthew talks about it. Uh, when we're in the other Gospels, they'll normally use the term kingdom of God, but they're pretty synonymous. Uh, kingdom of heaven, I think, is used in Matthew 39 times. And one thing that I was told by uh, one of the books I read I can't remember it at the moment, Um, but it was incredibly helpful. Is it kind of always defined God's kingdom as God's people and God's place under God's rule? Um, Goldsworthy. Goldsworthy. That's it. Yes. Goldsworthy was money there. Like, uh, but really when, but the most brief way to to talk about the kingdom is is really God's rule. And what does it look like to, to live under that rule? What does it look like to be as God's people who, who enjoy his rule, who live out that rule? Um, like hey, by the way, yeah. Oh, there's technically nine blesseds unless you count the last two together as one. Is there nine? Some people do. Yeah. But some people count the last two together as one. One, two, three, four, Wait, five, five, one, two, three, four. six, seven, one, eight. Two, three, four. I got eight. Uh, verse 11. Eight. Eleven is eight. So, no, three, four, five, six. Oh, wait, six. I was skipping three. Oh, look at that's, that. That's kind of important, buddy. Yeah, blessed are the poor in spirit. Nah, we'll you get know, to that next week. You know, cursed is he who takes away from this book. So. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, I'll put back something I take away. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. That's even better. <laughs> um, yeah. So Philippians 3.20 says that we are citizens of God's kingdom. Um, 
we know that as God's people, uh, that he adopts us into his family and that we become citizens under his, his rule. And so like when we get into, uh, what is it, 2 Corinthians? I'm blanking. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, where it talks about now we are ambassadors here on earth. We are representing the rule of God. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, so that, that's one of the reasons that we want to look at it is, is because we are citizens of God's kingdom. What does that look like? Um, I have another reason. Do you have a reason? You want to give something? Uh, for why it's important that we study this? Yeah. Well, for one, Jesus said it. Fine. I mean, just just kind of uh, go there. The there ultimate. is that. <laughs> I mean, it's God's. I mean, all of God's word is God's word. Uh, so I'm not. You know, it's it's all spirit breathed. Um, but I think, especially for his day, when you're looking at the current or the the, the culture and the context of the day when the Jews believed that the kingdom of God would come about by violence and physical force um, and had such animosity towards other cultures, other ethnicities, um, other uh, political kingdoms. Uh, so this, this really sets it on its head where, you know, Jesus would say things like, you've heard it said such and such, but I tell you, this yeah. and and it, it's really it just contrasts it's so different it's so it's so upside down from the way the world thinks from the way we would say that a kingdom would come about because a kingdom uh, a worldly kingdom comes about by oppression and rule and force in the kingdom of God though though there is power and there will be a day when the world will be judged the way it comes about here on earth and in the, in the here and now is through humility and meekness and mourning and uh, spiritual hunger and thirst and mercy and pure. I mean, just we're going to go through it. And so I, I, I look at that and it just like we talked about earlier, just reminds us, me, you and I, that I'm supposed to live in such a way that is different. Yeah. The world that that salt and light really is something unique, and if my life and my attitude and the way I respond and my motivations aren't different, then I'm not being transformed. Um, I'm not being changed in the image of, of the Son of God. Uh, so this this is a wonderful mirror for us, I think, um, to show us how we're supposed to live and who we're supposed to be. You know, I when we. Oh, I, th- I think you hit on a big point on the fact that we're to be different. And I think that as Christians, we we know that. I think we want that, but I think we're a lot of times confused on what that looks like. Um, yeah. I think a good example of that is going back, like the 2016 election. Um, we see, I mean, Christians who are united by the blood of Christ, um, who have an eternal citizenship, who are adopted into God's family, and we are brothers and sisters. We are divided on, on every political position. And we saw Christians just vehemently attack one another. Yeah. And, yeah. and we were talking earlier, like in our church on, on actually January 21st, we're doing a, a faith and politics night, trying to show how, how you can't separate faith and politics and, and what does that look like and go forth. And so uh, I'm trying to figure out that better myself. But what I understand is that when we go forward uh, as Christians, we need to realize our hope ultimately is in God's kingdom. 
and we are to be involved in the kingdom of this world in the sense of we live here. Um, but we ultimately, our citizenship is in God's kingdom. And so the way we talk, the way we think, where our hopes, where our comforts, what gives us peace, all of those things are rooted in God's kingdom, not in necessarily the happenings of this world. Now, that doesn't mean we should not be engaged in this world and and trying to bring forth, uh, in a sense, God's rule and help people enjoy the blessings of God. But, but we need to realize that in this world, things are not going to go always in, in alignment with God's kingdom. In fact, we should not expect them to. Uh, and so I think if we well, saw so much hostility in the 2016 election, I think we're going to see it more in the 2020. I think we are going to see, and, and I think as Christians, we need to just be thinking, who are we as God's people? Yeah. What does it mean yeah. to be the citizen of God? And and how does that affect the way I look at politics? How does that affect the way when I differ with a brother and sister in Christ on a view on politics? Yeah. Well, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Still not done with that cold. We're getting close. Uh, I, I think what I saw in 2016 and, and even to the present is a lot of immaturity, both on the part of the, the believer and the unbeliever. Uh, uh from both sides, um, but but specifically from the believer, you know, because because of the, the level of animosity has has risen, um, for some reason, it's our well no because of our sinfulness, it's our nature to rise and meet that meet with the same level of animosity uh, and anger and what what not. Um, with the attacks that are, are, are done against us. Does that make sense? Totally. And I'm not even saying that one, one party is Christian and one party is not. There's believers on both <laughs> sides, Democrat, Republican, totally. what have you. So, so I'm not dividing a line there, but I will say this, is we have to be careful about American patriotism. Uh, God did not sign the Declaration of Independence. He didn't make a covenant what? with the United States of America. You mean, uh, wait, America is we not are, the new kingdom of God? We're, we are not the new kingdom of God. You know, and, and there are you know, several folks, especially in the older generations, who would say, well, this is God's country. Well, I mean, if you're going to say that about every country, because they, we all belong to God. Uh, or God's God created everything. God created everything. He's He raises kingdoms up and He He takes them down. And yes, uh, this country was born out of, in part, I would say in part, a pursuit of religious freedom. Um, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, but we Americans are not God's chosen people. Totally. And so our and, point in going through the podcast then on this sermon, on this series, mm-hmm. is, is to wrestle with that, is to dig into that. Yep. So should we, uh, should we do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so a quick outline of the sermon. You could, there's multiple ways. If you get into commentaries and different books, there's many ways that you can kind of divide up this, this Sermon on the Mount. Uh, a simple way is to think of the first 16 verses in, in Matthew chapter 5 as talking about the citizen of the kingdom, you know, the identity of a believer. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, to all the way into chapter 7, verse 12, it's looking at the righteousness of the kingdom, meaning how do we live? What does it look like to, to live as God's people? And then the very end of the Sermon on the Mount is, is Jesus kind of exhorting us to 
enter into the kingdom. He says, narrow is the, um, narrow is the road that leads to uh, the kingdom and wide is the path that leads to destruction. Um, but it begins yeah. with Jesus going up on a mountain in chapter 5. Uh, we see that Jesus uh, says in chapter 5, verse 1, seeing the crowds, he goes up on a mountainside where he sat down. His disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and he taught them. And then he begins going forth with the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to focus on there? Well, no, I think, I mean, this morning we're, our main focus is going to be the Beatitudes, correct? I mean... Yeah, just kind of giving so, that bird's eye view of the whole yeah. sermon. Yeah, and, and the, the Sermon on the Mount is five, six, and seven. So you get like three chapters. Um, yeah, but this morning our, our main focus is just beginning there. So we'll, um, look at no, more, we'll look at verses like one and two and how they start it maybe more next week uh, when we start yeah. looking at the porn spirit. Uh, that, that's a good point. Um. So let's go in. Citizens of the kingdom. We start with Beatitudes. We got blessed are poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Um, That's how it starts. That's that's kind of an interesting way to start. Like, like this is Jesus. Welcome first. to the kingdom. Yeah. You're going to get mean, persecuted. And like, there's nothing in this list that you think like if, if we were to start like a movement and if we were to try to get a whole bunch of people like in it, I don't know that we would have used like, like the, the content of this list. Um, I, I think we probably would have used something else. What do you think? Well, it, I mean, again, it's completely contrary to the way the world thinks. It's upside down. Um, to, to, to say blessed, and, and we should define the term blessed. Do you have your logos out? Um, uh, do you know which, which word that is? No, I don't have it open in front of me. You yeah. probably I, do. I, I don't either. Oh, no, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We're going to do that two, next right? week. Yeah, we'll do that next week. We'll talk about what, what exactly you're saying. But, but blessed is it's talking about like a, a state of joy. It's talking about um, who happy. we are as God's people. Well, well, and it is actually. I mean, I it is like happy. It's yeah. like joyful. It's it's not not uh, not circumstantially happy, you know. But it's it's a state of. I mean, it really does mean like happy is he, blessed is he. Like this is supposed to bring about um, joy. And, and, and even just in that first statement, it's, it's almost a contrast between blessed, like this state of happiness or joy, and this poor in spirit. Like it's, 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 yeah. just, it's ironic. It's ironic that that's what he leads off with. Like jumbo uh, shrimp. It, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great analogy. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, uh, making me hungry. Uh, but, but this idea that those who are poor... Uh, in spirit, those who those who recognize their own spiritual depravity, yeah. you know, how are we going to exegete what he's saying? How, what does it mean by poor in spirit? Um, those who who come to God with open hands to receive, yeah. you know, um, they're the ones. They're they're the ones to whom the kingdom belongs, and so you this idea of 
might makes right and might makes the you know if you have might and power and um, and you're rich that you're the one who to whom the kingdom belongs uh, Jesus is just slapping that in the face uh, you know and, which is interesting because like as you bring this up like it is it's it's focused on joy and happiness right like who are those who are who are in a state of joy and, and happiness? And he's talking about those who are in the kingdom, which really goes contrary when we look at this list to like the prosperity gospel, um, yeah. or or just what really people pursue in this world and possessions, uh, power, pleasure. Um, I mean, interestingly, like when when the Sermon on the Mount addresses possessions, like later in chapter six, um, it talks about do not lay up treasures on earth, but lay up treasures in heaven. It talks mm-hmm. about like our priority is not the things of this world, but the things of the next world. And when it talks about things to be worried about, like like food and clothing and stuff like that, which are good things yeah. to think through, it then talks about do not be anxious, but rather seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, knowing that God is our father, knowing God is our king, knowing God is our ruler, provides for his people. Um, yeah, it really is contrary to where we pursue in our human sinful nature versus as we come into God's kingdom, how God provides for us and the trust and the hope that we have in him. Yeah, and it probably also, you know, emphasizes, you know, Jesus' message that um, that the ones who enter the kingdom are the ones who believe in him, the ones yeah. who recognize they have you know, nothing in and of themselves uh, to be saved. In fact, I mean, even John, you know, John three, um, it's it's the ones who who come to him, knowing that they're condemned already, yeah, knowing that there's nothing they have to offer, knowing that there's nothing, no way to buy their way out of you know into this new kingdom, not be, or earn it, not based on their own merits. Um, so, blessed are the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, it's not blessed are those who, who get poor in spirit, those who work to become poor in spirit. And, and none of these are things that it talks about that we do in order to become. Um, it's all about who we are as we are. believers. It's, it's kind of a, it's as if Jesus is, is painting a portrait of a believer. He's saying yep. this is who we are as Christians, not how we become a Christian, but who we are as Christians. And one thing I noticed going through it, like, None of them are divorced from like a right relationship with God, like this being pure in heart or being a peacemaker or hungry and thirst for righteousness. All of those are connected to a relationship with God, not trying to get a relationship with God or not pursuing things apart from God. But all of them come from a right relationship with God. And, and I think what we'll look at next week when we look at poor in spirit, how that all begins with that trust in God uh, through yeah. Jesus well, and they're not divorced from each other either. Like it's yeah. it's it's almost like a progression. Uh, in fact, I, I would say that in many ways it is. It's 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 when you understand your need of the gospel, it's because you're poor in spirit. When you when you're mourning over your sin, you're going to be comforted because it's it's God who redeems and comforts you. Um, in response to being forgiven, you're you're a meek person. Um, uh, you hunger and thirst for for God for righteousness. Yeah. Uh, when you know you're broken and sinful, you're merciful to others, right? Uh, because you know you're just as as in need of mercy. 
you're pursuing purity uh, because you want to know God and see God because he can't you know you can't sin cannot stand in the presence of an almighty holy God um, if peace has been made for you by the Son of God you are to even you are his brother or you know sister uh, uh, you also become a peacemaker right yeah um, and that'll be fun when we get to that one and difference between like a peacemaker and a peacekeeper like like what that looks like sure and, yeah you know, and, and what what's incredible, and you were talking about earlier before we started the podcast, like like verse eight, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Yeah, like like not a, like we begin, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and then verse verse ten, blessed are the persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So you kind of have the kingdom of heaven beginning and the kingdom of heaven in a sense at the end, uh, mm-hmm. and then right in the middle, you, you see God. Yeah, like that's. Yeah. That's the whole point is the reason that as citizens of God's kingdom that we are blessed, the reason that we have this this state of joy is because ultimately we're in a relationship with God. Ultimately, we know that we are with God. We are sons of God. We are forgiven by God. And our our destiny, our future is that when Christ returns and brings forth the new heavens and new earth, we will live in his presence full of joy, full of peace. Uh, sharing perfectly in his glory for all of eternity as we worship him, as we enjoy him. Um, I mean, that, that well, is we, the hope that we have. Yeah, and, and, and we at, at, at Hope, we identify that as our purpose statement. In fact, I was just doing a little more, uh, just, just thinking on, praying on, because um, I'm re-preaching it this week. I'm, I'm doing what is our purpose, uh, mission, and vision at Hope. Yeah. Um, and... And I would, I, uh, if we finish the book, uh, God is the Gospel, or I finish the book, God is the Gospel. And the majority of, the, of, of that book is all about beholding who God is. Why? Because that is, that is that for which we were created, to behold, to be in face-to-face relationship with God. Right. Um, now, there's a couple things assumed in that. And, uh, and you brought this up to me uh, um, before I'd finished the book. But ultimately, it's delighting and displaying. So beholding the glory of God, hmm. delighting in the glory of God, and displaying the glory of God. That is, that is the purpose for which you and I were created. That's the purpose for which the church moves forward in mission and casts a vision for what the completion of that mission looks like. But there's always a why. There's always a, a this is the reason we do what we do. This is the purpose and the aim. Uh, uh, the reward, really. Yeah. This is the reward, uh, that we're seeking as we strive to accomplish these things, as we strive to be uh, to be pure. I mean, that's a great, when we talk about uh, pure in heart, too, I mean, we, we need to talk about future grace. Um, the book Future Grace, uh, the, purifying, the purifying power of living by faith in future grace. I just happen to have the book right in front of me. I love that uh, book. One of the best books. It's paradigm changing. Yeah, I I handed it out this past week. I was talking about it with another guy yesterday. Um, uh, But that whole idea of fighting for purity in heart in order to see God, that that is my reward, and that's better than any promised pleasure that sin would ever put in front of me. Um, Believing that. Yeah. Um, You know, so, so we have the Beatitudes, and they, they move us to, uh, like, verse, verse 14. Just kind of go there. Okay. Where we have this, 
description of who we are um, in all these beatitudes, and and then I, I look at verse like thirteen and fourteen as as kind of unpacking that as, as showing the effect of these beatitudes. Um, mm-hmm. Where verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth. Verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Because of now who we are as citizens of God's kingdom, we're to be a light. Um, we live in a distinct way. Um, we have a different king. We have a different yeah. citizenship. Um, we have a different hope, a different peace. We have a treasure not laid up in this earth, but laid up in the kingdom of God. Um, and like you said earlier, all the Beatitudes are contrary to the things of this world. Why? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, you and I are citizens of, of a different world, of, a, of being within the very kingdom of God. Um, well, and, and, and we were born, I mean, we all came into the world as citizens of the kingdom of darkness. Right. Like, we, we have to be really clear on that. Jesus makes that clear. Paul makes that clear that, that you know, we... We are born in our sin. We are born uh, by nature uh, uh, citizens of, of darkness. Uh, and it, 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 is the, it is the light, the no- light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, of, of, of receiving, of understanding the gospel that we're transferred from one kingdom to another. Um, but the whole idea of light is so powerful, especially throughout the book of John. Uh, and and I, just in the context of what we just said, Right, our purpose. Uh, this is what I'm saying at Hope: to behold, to see God, to delight in God, and I, and I think that's part of the blessed, the blessedness of the Beatitudes, and then the display. It's right there. You are the light of the world. Yeah. The city set on a hill cannot be hidden, uh, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Like in the same way, let your light shine. Display before others. Uh, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And there's a difference there. There's a difference there because the world would say, see how good I am, yeah. give me glory. And Christians know it's see how, see how God's goodness has worked in me and changed me. This is God's glory. This is for the display of God and his goodness. This yeah. is because of what he has done in my life. Um, and so even, even our works as Christians is uniquely different from that of the world. No, it can look the same on the outside. Yeah. It's we not. see the effect of it in verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The purpose of us living as God's people is, yeah, so we not only delight and display delight in God's glory, but we display in God's, we display God's glory for, for the benefit of one another as believers, but for the purpose of, of showing the world what it looks like to enjoy yep. the rule of God, um, which I think as we, as then we begin to move through the, the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, we're beginning to see what does it look like to be a light? Like, I think at the end of verse 16, okay, so we're this light. What does that look like? And then Jesus begins uh, by saying he didn't come to to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And and so what that helps us understand as he goes through there is that Jesus is taking us deeper really into what did, what was the purpose of the law? Um, like in verse 20, we have, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. For one, yeah. Jesus says that so that we are warned against, 
against thinking, okay, now as citizens of God's kingdom, we got to work really hard and we got to really earn our citizenship. But he's saying, you got to exceed that of the Pharisees and scribes. All the original hearers would hear that and go, that's impossible. So one thing we have to understand is that as he's giving this Sermon on the Mount, and as he starts telling us what it looks like to live as as light in this world, and we start looking at what he talks about with anger and lust and divorce and, and how we're to love our enemies and We're not to sit there and go, well, I got this. I can do this. But rather to see the only means in which we can live as citizens of God's kingdom is through God's grace. Um, He's pushing us into that, showing us that. Oh, I think the other piece that's interesting here is he he begins with heart motivations. Yeah. If you look at the Beatitudes, he begins with heart motivations. Um, And then later we get into actions. Um, so how does your righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees? Um, it, it begins with heart motivations. It begins with uh, uh, repentance. It begins with mourning. It mm-hmm. begins with um, God's internal work of his spirit in you. Yeah. Um, whereas the righteousness of the Pharisees was so external, it was merit-based. It was trusting in their own merits. Because I did this, I did these washings, because I haven't done this. I'm better than everyone else, so I deserve. Yeah. Whereas the kingdom of heaven, is, as Jesus is portraying it, is wholly reliant on the perfect life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, his sacrificial death to, to provide mercy to us, um, the only means by which we may be saved. And it is a complete trusting in God and in Jesus and his merits, um, which you know, transforms and us. And it transforms us. And it's kind of the summary um, when, when Jesus says, and was it Matthew 23, 37 to 40? Uh, I think that's where it is where, you know, the summary of, of, of God's law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's really what we see. If we say, okay, loving our neighbor uh, as ourselves is the evidence of our, of our love for God, then as we begin making our way through these uh, the Sermon on the Mount, looking at, looking at them, it's all about how we love one another, especially in the very beginning, which is evidence of our love for God. Um, you know, talking about how, uh, overcoming our anger and overcoming lust and divorce, uh, the, the way we retaliate. It says, you have heard that it was said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Uh, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other one also. The whole idea is that it's not about retaliation. It's not about the supremacy of my power and my strength of putting it over someone else. But how do we demonstrate the humility and the love of Christ? Uh, When it talks about loving our enemies, giving to the needy, um, everything is centered around how is it that we love others in the way that Christ has come to love us. And then it goes into the, the Lord's Prayer goes into fasting. Um, and what I, what I find interesting about the Lord's Prayer, so we're here in this Sermon on the Mount where it talks about what it is to be citizens of God's kingdom. And, and what's, what's the focus of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Our desire as citizens of God's kingdom is for Christ to return. It's for Christ's glory to come upon this earth, for his kingdom to be here, for for all people to enjoy his rule. Um, I pray for that more than ever now. I, you know, um, and I think Christians, we, we get so comfortable, especially in America, we get so comfortable with the way things are. 
that we don't realize that this our best day is is a shadow in the light of the glory of, of how good the kingdom is yeah. and will be when Jesus comes. And and I, I think we're also blind probably to a lot of evil uh, that happens around us or even in us, but around the world. And so I, I pray now more than ever, come, Lord Jesus, yeah. come. Um, hey, by the way, uh, Matthew 22 37. Oh, it's 22. Yes. Nuts. I just just wanted to make sure, like, there's no one quotes you. Matthew 23, and they go there. Is that the woes? The Pharisees. Yeah. That's the woes, man. I actually, so I, I used Matthew 23 on Sunday, um, and I did the woes. That's probably why it was stuck in my that's head. Matthew 22. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good one to keep straight. Um, <laughs> so what we wanted to do here was, was primarily do a little bit of a summary and show how the Sermon on the Mount is really an extended teaching from Jesus about what it is to be God's people, to live as God's world, to live as God's people in God's world, um, yeah. what it looks like to be a light in this world. Um, the, the end of the sermon is, is really about where, where Jesus says things like, uh, in chapter 7, verse 13, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it, and those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are, are few. And so we might say, okay, so so how do we enter? What what does this look like? Verse 24, uh, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Jesus is calling us to trust in him. Jesus is calling us to hear his yeah. words, to trust in him, and then live, live out the truth of what it means for him to be yeah. king. Live out what it means to be poor in spirit, which again, we'll, we'll start looking at that next week. And then what it does to, to mourn over our sin. Um, The Sermon on the Mount is is so important for us as believers. And and as you said, as every text is, because because it comes from God. The Sermon on the Mount comes, and I think in a very timely way right now, for us to look at, there's a lot of tension in America. There's a lot of hostility. And and I would say that that happens even within the church uh, because of confusion. Because I think what you said, we get distracted. We become apathetic. and what we're, I think you and I are hoping is that this is a way for you and I to, to be encouraged in the word and for hopefully whoever listens, <laughs> that we would be reminded of the truth of God's word, the truth of our citizenship and how that looks played out. Not because we're earning something, but because of God's grace given to us. Yeah. Amen. Um, anything else you want to add before we... <laughs> No, no, I don't think so. I think um, just as we continue to map out and walk through uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount a little bit more, um, there's just a lot of teaching there. Then this is one of one of uh, one of the primary texts we have for how Jesus uh, was teaching his disciples between I think between Matthew and John. Um, those are the two main gospel texts that we have where Jesus is is teaching his disciples and so it's it's important for us to recognize you know this is being a disciple 
it's putting yourself under the teaching of Scripture, putting yourself under the teaching of Jesus. Um, and may we be people who readily submit to His Word. Uh, I want to be that kind of guy. Uh, I, I want to lead people that way. Um, well, yeah. and, and I, I'm excited as we make our way through these Beatitudes to see the blessing in them, to see how as we as we press into these, which appear, I think, at, at first contrary and, and strange to to what we would desire, like poor in spirit, those who mourn and meek, you know, we, we kind of went through those. But but when we understand God's word and his grace that is given to us, we see the goodness in these. We see the blessing, yeah. the true yeah. everlasting joy that, that is here. So yeah. I think that'll be fun as, as we dig in. So we want to encourage you uh, to dig in with us as we begin in the Beatitudes. Next week, we'll be blessed with the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then we'll make our way through that. Um, we want to encourage you to... What are we doing? Uh, for more information, go to www.satisfiedinchrist.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll throw up some resources on just other good books uh, that, that can help. But we'll throw up Future Grace and a few other uh, books just on the Sermon on the Mount if you're wanting to, to do a little bit more study. Man, Goldsworthy is gold. <laughs> See what I did? Gold, it's gold Goldsworthy. Um, thanks for listening. That's it. Thanks for listening. Take it away, bitch! <laughs>